Man, oh man, I am looking forward to the day I'm going to wipe my weeping eyes. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. There's one day that the sorrows that you feel, the tears that you cry are going to be wiped away. All our, trouble, all our tr struggles and troubles will be over. Life lessons from Stranger Things has already ran for about four episodes and we are now on episode number five. We are learning that in the strangest of texts, uh, there is a lesson. There is something God wants us to understand. Last week we contended, contemplated, and thought about this idea that one man's sin actually affected all of us. But we understood that sin is really not moral. First and foremost, sin is relational. It's because human beings do not want to connect with their God. That is why they are classified, quantified as sinners. And if you and I do not connect with the Lord, no matter how good we are, no matter how right we handle ourselves, we are still sinners. Uh, even if you haven't robbed a bank, you're still a sinner if you're not connecting to the Lord. I don't want to repreach the sermon. You can go back on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can connect with us on the Jakarta Sunday Church. Uh, today, I want to bring us into episode number five, Life Lessons from Stranger Things. And I'd like for us to go into 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, the 25th verse. Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 25. Uh, in this particular passage, David has just killed Goliath, and now he's being elevated. Uh, but something happens between him and the king. And so we pick up the, the story in verse number 25. Saul is concocting a plan. This is what Saul says in verse number 25. Then Saul said, talking to his servants, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry but 104 skins of the philistines there it is that's our strange issue today the king desires 104 skins right 104 skins sister lara 104 skins that, that's strange why is a king wanting 104 skins <laughs> they just pause right there like why does the king want parts of other men a hundred of them. That, mm -hmm, mm. The king does not desire any dowry but 104 skins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So when his servants told David these words, watch this, it pleased David. Well, to become the king's son-in-law, it pleased David well. It, it, was, it, was, it was agreeable to David to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired. Therefore David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins. Mm -hmm. Four skins, and they gave them in full count to the king. 
one by one, 104 skins were counted to the king. Mm. That he might become the king's son-in-law. That's why David did it. Then Saul gave Michal, a shortened version of Michael, he gave him Michal, his daughter, as a wife. Thus Saul knew and saw that the Lord was with David and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. Verse 29. And Saul was still more afraid, more afraid of David. So Saul became David's enemy continually. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was, whenever they went out, David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. God told me to tell you, God told me to tell you, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Let us pray. Father God, thank you. Please catch me <laughs> with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The jingle played. The women danced. And they sang as they danced, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. The jingle was not meant to divide Saul and David. In fact, the jingle showcased a great partnership. King and servant, they are able to defeat a Goliath. The king has brought the army to the battlefield and has contracted one of his servants to fight Goliath and they have defeated Goliath. It was a partnership. It was not meant to divide David and the king. It was not meant to bring a division among them. Envy is a tax that we, you will pay for distinction. Envy is a tax that all who are distinguished are going to pay. When you achieve good things in life, when you get promoted, when the kids are healthy and you're having kids, uh, when you are going on trips and posting about them on social media, uh, when you look at your portfolio and it is, it is, it is, it is up there, when you are slim, and you're able to exercise and to run. Understand that envy is a tax you're going to pay. There's going to be somebody who don't like it. There's going to be somebody who doesn't think you're that good. There'll be somebody who will feel slighted by your distinction. It was meant to be a partnership between king and servant. But king says, hold up. He's killed his Ten thousands and only I one thousand 
Hey, let's be real. Who hasn't felt the tug, the tug of envy? Who hasn't felt that, how come they're getting it better than I? Who hasn't felt that, why should they be promoted and not me? Who hasn't gnawed at the fact that a friend has a relationship and they don't have a relationship? Who hasn't been sad and mad because a brother, Brother Yonata, got a new car? Who hasn't been mad because a sister got a new job? Who hasn't been mad because the co-worker came up with the idea who hasn't been mad because a child is accomplishing something and they look at their child and, and they compare their child and their child's friend and they say well my child's friend is better than my child who hasn't been mad well the pastor preached a better sermon than me the sister sang better than me the church program or their ministry is better than ours who hasn't felt the tug of envy? You see, envy sharpens the eye. There's nothing that sharpens the eye better than envy. And from that day, Saul kept an evil eye on David. Like CCTV, he recorded every move of David. Uh, like CCTV, he recorded every word that David spoke. Uh, Saul's eyes were on David. Because uh, Saul concluded that the fact that David has achieved greater status than I, <laughs> he only has one step to take and he's king. He only needs to nudge me off, then he's king. And so Saul was trying to figure out how will I deal with David? What must I do to squash this mosquito? He's flying and buzzing all over my confidence. He's flying and buzzing all over my peace. He's buzzing and flying all over my power and my authority. He is annoying me. He's getting in my way. I got to deal with him. I got to get rid of him. Who hasn't felt the tug of envy? Who hasn't felt annoyed by what somebody else is accomplishing? But somebody, what, what somebody else is, is doing in their life. David kept on succeeding though. Because Saul promoted him to be the general of the army. And as he's going out, all Israel and all Judah are following after him. Now, you see, Sister Lara, the news has gone out <laughs> that David is the Goliath slayer. And there is something about a man accomplishing something that speaks to a woman's heart. You see, women love uh, a man who can accomplish things, who can do things. And uh, they, they say, wow, if I can be with that man, my life is going to be on another level. Women like that. And, and the news spread that Goliath is killed by David. David, this brother can kill that big guy. And so one of the ladies that loved David, that talked about David, that stalked David on his social media was Michal. The daughter of Saul. 
It is, it is strange, right? The, the daughter of the king is in love with the king's enemy. She doesn't know that the daughter, the, the king and the, the, the servant are, are enemies. She doesn't know that the king is envious of the servant. She doesn't know that. All she knows is I love him. All she knows is I want to be with him. All she knows is, oh, David makes me, oh, he makes me feel good. That's all she knows. The news gets to Saul. And Saul says, oh, David loves my daughter. That's good. In fact, Saul knew that Michal was bad news. Saul says in his mind, I will give him to her mm, that she may be a snare to him. Mm. I will give him my daughter because I know she's bad news. I know she's going to mess him up so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. He says, wow, I have a great opportunity right here to knock him out. I have a great opportunity right here to take him out. I have a great opportunity right here to destroy him. I have a great opportunity to catch him. So, so Saul thinks of a plan. And he says, you know what? I've already tried to kill David twice with a spear. It hasn't worked. <laughs> I promised him my older daughter, Meriba, but I decided to give her to somebody else. So, so what should I do now in order to take him out? What should I do now in order to stop his life? And Saul says, <laughs> Saul says, uh, to his servants, tell this to David. <laughs> Brother Joe, catch this. <laughs> tell David this. The king does not desire any dowry, but 104 skins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. Tell David, he can be my son-in-law, I'm not asking him to give me anything special. I don't want him to give me silver and gold. I don't want him to bring cattle and goats. I know that he's poor. I know that he ain't got it going on. I know he killed Goliath, but I am Goliath when it comes to money. <laughs> he cannot match me. I know that he cannot slay me <laughs> at my riches. But tell him I don't want him to worry about it. He can be my son in law without having to give me anything crazy he just needs to bring me a hundred foreskins of the philistines i need him to go out to fight against my enemies to kill them after killing them to undress them and then do surgery on them a hundred times and then bring them over to me that's all i want and i wear this as a mm, this is nasty this is gross you feel me? Like, huh. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm like, King, why are you asking David to do something strange like this? 104 skins. You see, right here, the king is raising up the stakes. Right here, the king has the, the thought in his mind that there is no way that David can achieve this. Let's just think about this. 
uh, fellas, we protect ourselves. You know what I mean? We, we really protect ourselves. Be hit with the ball, man, you fall. You know, so we protect ourselves. So David, the king, understands that if David wants to attack these men and chop them up, these men are going to protect themselves. The king is asking David to go into a highly protected area, to go into a highly sensitive area and accomplish something. He knows David can't do it. He knows he can't do it. But you know what the king does? The king does something that is diabolical and devilish because he paints this as a, a matter of national security. He paints this as a matter of religious responsibility. <laughs> Let me talk about it for a moment. He says, I want you, David, to go and get a hundred foreskins on behalf of the king you want i want you to go and fight on behalf of the king's enemies so in his mind brother joel is i am not doing this for saul i'm doing this for israel <laughs> and sometimes we have people in our lives that tell you something and they paint it as if it's not about them it's about the company it's about the church it's about the family but it's not about the church it's not about the company it's not about the family it's about them but they make you think and believe it is about something bigger than that you feel me so he says mm, i want you to do it because it is regarding the king's enemies so he put matter a matter of state issues but the other thing was he 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 kind of tugged at David's religious responsibility because check this when he is killing Goliath he says who is this uncircumcised Philistine who will be Will this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God? So check this. Go back to verse number 25. When when David hears that it's the Philistines and he needs to go and fight them, he says, Oh my goodness, it is these uncircumcised Philistines. It is people who don't believe in my God. It is these people who don't see like like like, like how I see it. And therefore, in his mind, he's like, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing for God. I'm going there to defend my religion. I'm going there to stand up for my faith. Here is a statement I want you to, to understand, and I want to bring this home to you. It is not unusual for people to use religion illegally to achieve selfish motives. Right here, the king is using circumcision illegally for his own selfish motives. It is not unusual for a pastor to use prayer as a rebuke for other people. It is not unusual for a parent to use church as a guilt trip for his or her children. It is not unusual for a religious leader to use a religion in an, an illegal way to get people to do something, but that something is not for God, it is for themselves. It is not unusual for people to do that. And a lot of times when you study these, uh, when you study religious history, you, you begin to see that these leaders who become larger than life are people who are using religion illegally in order to achieve their own selfish ambitions and motives. And right here, 
the king knows that David is going to fight because religion has been brought into it. And he knew that David would bite. He knew that David would want to go and fight. But it is unfortunate that the king is using something that is supposed to be a blessing. It is using something that is supposed to bring people closer to God. But he's using it in order to destroy other people. Can you imagine for a second? These 100 men that had to be killed and circumcised, these were fathers. These were brothers. These were husbands. These were somebody, a future, somebody's a future grandfather. These were lies. But they had to be taken out because of one man's selfish ambition. Ain't that so strange? Ain't that so sad that a king is using something that is religious to accomplish his own selfish means. David hears the news, Brother Yonata. He hears the news. And when he hears the news, the Bible says, so when his servants, so servants told David these words about the hundred foreskins, it pleased David well. It pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. It pleased David well. I, I, was, I was caught up in the word pleased. I, 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 I was happy to hear the word pleased because you see the word pleased, it means for something to be straight. So when David hears that you can kill a hundred men, collect their foreskins and become my son-in-law, it sounded like a straight thing to David. In other words, David said, you know what? The king is a crooked man, but at least what he has put forward sounds like a good proposition for me, something that I will be able to do. But David did not understand, did not understand that this was a trap for him. He didn't realize that the king wants to take him out. But I love David because growth, oh hear me now, Growth, I hope you're hearing me now, Vic. Growth sees opportunities in traps. Ah, you see, David could have said, Well, the king is so bad. Well, the king has already deceived me by not giving me the first daughter. The king doesn't realize what I've done for him already. I've already killed Goliath. How can the king put me in this trap? But David did not complain because I believe if I was David, I'd have complained. I'd have been like, Man, king. Ah, uh, nah, I don't think I love your daughter that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think I love her that much to put myself on the line. But David did not complain. David saw an opportunity in the trap. Mm. And I wonder if you see opportunities in the traps that are laid for you. I wonder if you smile when you realize I am dealing with an obstacle or you frown and you cry and you complain. I wonder, when you see that trap, you're like, hmm, let's do this. Or you try to turn your back and run. I hope you can see that there hath no temptation, and temptation is a trap. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. The traps that you experience in your life. When you know that these people are out to get me, 
when you know that the boss is just making your job so hard when you know that she said it to get you to say something else when you know that they posted it so that you can react when you know that they did it to annoy you <laughs> know that that is common to your existence that is common to my existence our life is full of traps and therefore we need to understand that this is common this is not strange. We shouldn't be crying and, and, and griping and groaning and moaning that we have been trapped again or it has been laid again. We should be like, you know what? Lord, thank you. Because I understand that you are faithful. That you will not allow me to be trapped beyond that I'm able. But you were with the temptation. You were with the trap. Make a way that I can escape out of it. They can't catch me. They can't catch me. Because Lord, you can make a way out of it for me. So David says, you know what? It's so good. I'm going to do this. In fact, there is something I need you to see. That when David hears this, he understands that he is on a time crunch. The text says, now the days had not expired. Literally in the original, it says, the days had not been fulfilled. So the king said, David, I want you to go get these 104 skins, but you must do it within this time frame. David was on a time crunch. He was under pressure. You guys know what I'm talking about when we talk about deadlines, when we talk about schedules. He was on a time crunch. But check this. Ooh, <laughs> I love this, Putra. I love this. Check this. David rises up. He goes out. And notice what he does. He killed how many? You see what he did? David killed not 100, he killed 200. And David says, you know what? The king has asked me to do something strange. I'm going to do something stranger. <laughs> I'm not only going to kill 100, I'm going to kill 200. I'm not going to, to, to simply meet the bare minimum. I'm going to go an extra mile. Mm, I'm about to help somebody right here. You see, when a trap has been laid for you, you need to make extra preparation just in case an enemy will reset a trap. Because the king could have easily said, David, yes, 100 is good. But I think I need 50 extra. So David says, you know what? In case the king will ask me for 50, 50 extra, let me have 100 extra. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In case the boss will ask me for another file, let me prepare two files. In case I'll be asked to present another presentation, let me have another one in the bag. In case I'll be asked to present and sing another song, let me have another song ready. In case I'll be asked to preach another sermon, let me have another sermon ready. In case I'll be asked to come in at 6.30, let me come in at 6. In case I'll be asked, I will make extra preparation to be ready. So when you know that a trap has been set for you, make sure that you make extra Preparation. Go the extra mile. Because you know what happens? Because you know what happens? When you do the extra mile, what you're basically saying is, I care for this. I really want this. I want to do it. I will not back down. I will not back away. I will do extra. I will not only do the bare 
minimum. You see, David really wanted it. You see, the text says David wanted to become, <laughs> he wanted to become, he wanted to become the king's son-in-law. So what did he do? He gave the foreskins in full count to the king. <laughs> and I, I just want to imagine, David, he come back to the servants. He says, look here, man, here are a hundred foreskins. Perhaps David said one. <laughs> Here's one. He is two, he got to 10, he got to 20, he got to 30, 50, 60. And I'm sure that the, the, the servants are like, hey, David, we get it. <laughs> yeah, he says, I want you to know that I really want to become the king's son-in-law. So how bad do you really want it? Mm -hmm. How bad do you want the promotion? Mm -hmm. How bad do you want to lose that weight? How bad do you want to live in another place? How bad do you really want the relationship or the friendship or the fellowship or the scholarship or the family or the kids or the husband or the wife? How bad do you really want it? The question is, the question will be answered by the amount of effort that you put in. Because when you say, I will go the extra mile, you are showing beyond reasonable doubt that they should not doubt you that you really want this particular thing. It's easy to say, I'll be dead free. <laughs> but how bad do you really want to be dead free? It's easy to say, I'll exercise. <laughs> but how bad do you really want to exercise? You see, the difference. And let me just help somebody right here. Can I help somebody right here? You see... The difference between what you are and what you want to be is the amount of energy and discipline you're going to display in order to get from where you are to where you want to be. Mm. So David says, you know what? I want to be the king's son-in-law. So in order for me to get there, I'm going to kill 200 men to get there. And notice what happens. The moment he, he crossed that 200 number, guess what? The king... Gave him Mikah. He got it. Because there was no way that the king could now say, okay, David, I want you to do something extra. There was nothing else the king could say. So if you want to shut them up, if you want to make them say nothing else, just go the extra mile. Unfortunately, too many of us, we don't do enough. We don't read enough. We don't study enough. We don't prepare enough. We don't do enough. And therefore, what we should have is not given to us. We remain at where we are and not where we should be. But David, he says, you know what? I really want to become the king's son-in-law. Now, I want to stop right here and just think through something with you. David knows Saul wants to kill him. Right? He knows, right? Hmm? Brother Vic, he knows, right? He, he knows that David and Saul wants to kill him. Twice, he's tried to pin him to the wall with a spear. At another time, he's been offered a daughter to marry, Saul's daughter to marry, but Saul gives her to another man. So David knows that Saul doesn't have his best interest at heart for me. But yet notice here, and I hope you're showing the text good. Notice here, he still wants to become the king's son-in-law. Now, I don't know about y'all, 
but I wouldn't want to be the son-in-law of Saul. <laughs> I don't want a father who I, I don't want a father-in-law who wants to kill me. You feel me? I mean, who who wants a, a father-in-law or a, or a mother-in-law who is really interested in killing them? But notice here, David still wanted to become the king's son-in-law. Why does David want to become the king's son-in-law? Why, why does David want to be close to a man who wants to kill him? Let me give you the answer. See, when a person has God in their corner, that person is in a class of their own. In other words, that person realizes that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That person realizes that my enemies can't touch me, even if I'm close to them. Mm. That person understands that God is on my side. Therefore, because God is on my side, I will ride any place, any situation. I will be okay no matter the environment I'm in. <laughs> I'll be good even if it is bad. I'll be all right even if it is not all right. I'll be good even if it is bad because God is by my side. Nobody can harm me. Nobody can take me out. God is with me. And I hope you understand that when God is on your side, then God is with you. When you believe in God, when you trust in God, they can't take you out. That debt can't take you out. Death can't take you out. Nobody can take you out because you are secure in God. Uh, now let me just go back. I think I, I went a little bit extra. Let me, let me just play with this for a second. You see, Saul gave, hmm, Saul gave his daughter Michal to David. Michal means who is like God. Michal is the female version of Mike L. Saul, it's almost like I'm, I'm laughing when I read this. It's almost like this is a, the Bible's version of sarcasm. Saul wants to kill David. He has called his daughter Michal, who is like God. But now, because David has succeeded, he takes the, the daughter who is like God, representing who is like God, and he gives it to, to David. Because David has God in his life, he is like no one else. There is no one to compare him. Uh, uh, there's no one he can, he can be compared to because he has God in his life. And this is God telling David, David, listen, <laughs> when you're with me, you're good. Your enemies will give you things that belong to them. <laughs> Your enemies will give you their own daughters. Your enemies will give you their companies. Your enemies will give you their promotions. <laughs> their enemies will give you their car. <laughs> because when you are with me, you are in a class all by yourself. See, when a person has God in their corner, they have nothing to worry about. And check this, Gun. Check this. <laughs> Saul says, mm -hmm. <laughs> hey. Notice, 
He kept an eye on him at the beginning. And now it comes full circle. Guess what David is seeing? What Saul is seeing? He's seeing the Lord is with him. Not only is he seeing that, he's seeing that Michal, his daughter, loves him. David, like Jesus, has a favor with God and favor with man. You see, you are in a place of spiritual growth. Listen to me carefully. You're in a place of spiritual growth when with God, things are good. And with people, things are good. You know, you may feel like people hate you. You may feel like things are not working out with a certain group of people. You may feel like that, but it's not, it doesn't mean that with everyone it's like that. It could mean that the, the, the people that don't like you are not as much as the people that do like you. So David is not liked by Saul, but his daughter, the whole nation of Israel, likes him. Not only does his daughter like him, but God also likes him. In fact, God is with him. He's guiding him. He's leading with him. If you want to succeed, you need to have God's presence. And when you have God's presence, you're going to have people's presence. When God's presence is number one, people's presence means better. It means now the best thing for you. Because only the right people are going to surround themselves with you. And those people are going to love you. They're going to care for you. But you need to have God in your corner. You see, when God is with you, it's a signal of his grace. Can I, can I just talk to somebody right now? When God is with you, it's a signal of his grace. Because you need to understand something. Sin created a separation between you and I. But God says, I still want to be with my people. I still want to be among them. And so when God wants to be with you, it is a sign that he loves you so much that your sins cannot keep you away from him. That your sins cannot keep him away from you. And he wants to be with you. You see, when God is with you, it's a personal uh, kind of uh, uh, relationship. People may not see it. People may not realize it. They may not see God sitting beside you like how Sister Laura and Brother Donald and, and Joel and Brother Leonardo are sitting next to each other. People may not see God talking to you. People may not see God calling you up. People may not see God texting you. It's not a physical type of situation that I'm talking about. It is a spiritual situation. But you feel it and you know it. And others recognize it. By the success that they see in your life. There's nothing more important than having the presence of God with you. Notice here. Notice here. And Saul was still more afraid of David. Now, now see, Brother Yonata, for me, if I see that, wait, this brother has God's presence in their life. Naturally, I should want to be close to that person, right? Because that person is going to help me to have a close encounter with God. That person should not be my enemy. But unfortunately here, Saul was afraid of David. He feared him. 
he became his enemy continually. How sad is that? That the people we see succeeding become our enemies instead of us becoming friends to them. You know why? When we become friends to them, they can teach us something that we are lacking. The people you need to fear are the people who don't have God in their life. The people you need to fear are the people who make you do things you shouldn't be doing. But you know why we fear people who have God in their life? Because they make us feel uncomfortable. They make our sins stand out like pimples. They make us feel uncomfortable when they talk about God and and they talk about prayer. They make us feel uncomfortable with that because somehow we like to hide in our sins. We like to hide in our mistakes. We like to hide in these things. And so when they come close to us, when they come near us, they make us itch and they make us feel uncomfortable. Uh, Saul was afraid of David. He didn't want to be close to him. He didn't want to be close to him. But I love David's reaction. And I want you to see this, how David reacted. Because when he killed the 200 men, the Philistines reacted to this. And now they had an, a proper war with the Israelites. And notice what happens in verse number 30. And so it was, whenever they went out, that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Yes, your enemies may not be able to touch you when you have God in your corner. But it doesn't mean you should taunt your enemies. It doesn't mean you get a big head because you know that God is beside you. David behaves the right way. That is, he behaved in a way that still respected the king who was out to kill him. Now his father-in-law, he still respected him. He put him at the right position and he behaved himself more wisely because he understood something, that humility is better than pride. He understood that pride comes before a fall. And so therefore he ensured that he behaved properly. He understood that I might not be in the right environment. I may not be in the right environment, but I need to to navigate myself appropriately. I go, go uh, the next text. I may not be in the right situation. I may be in difficult circumstances. But I'm going to stay right here. You see, I need you to, to take something with you today. And it is this. Don't focus on the environment more than you focus on the appointment. That's what David put in his mind. Because he understood something. When Saul is done as king, I'm not going to push him out. But when Saul is done as king, I'll be king. Do you know that sometimes God can keep you in a bad environment? Do you know that sometimes God can keep you in that situation? God can keep you in that place. He may not remove you even if you pray a hundred times. Because you are appointed to do something in that environment. You're appointed to accomplish something for God in that environment. And so David understood, I have been appointed. God, he understood, I've been put here. Therefore, I'm going to behave properly. I'm going to behave wisely. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Because I understand that as long as God is with me, they can't catch me. They can't touch me. And I hope you understand today that when God is with you, 
they also can't catch you, even if they try. They might throw things along your way. They might try to knock you out. They might try to take you out. But please understand that God is by your side. Please understand that God is with you and he is going to take care of you. I want to speak to somebody today. Perhaps you have been wanting to quit. But you have realized today that mm, I shouldn't quit. God has called me to be in this place. I've been appointed. I just want God to give me the grace and the strength that I need to stay. I need God to strengthen me. Perhaps you're that person. And today I want to ask you to please just go with me. Please just accept this simple appeal that I'm going to make to you. And you can simply say like this, Lord, you have appointed me. Lord, you have called me and I'm going to stay. You can simply say that, Lord, you have appointed me and I'm going to stay. Perhaps you're in a situation that you've been giving people problems like Saul, putting traps in people's way, making life difficult. You're afraid of people. Today, you can say, you know what, Lord? I don't want to be afraid anymore. That person is not an enemy. They work in the same place as me. They believe in the same God as me. They're trying to accomplish the same thing as me. They're not an enemy. So I'm going to start treating them as I should be treating them. I should partner with them. I should cooperate with them. Lord, please take away the spirit of envy and hate in my heart for this person. You can do that as well today. Perhaps you. Simply want to say, Lord, I want your presence in my life. I've been living life without you. I've been doing my own thing, but Lord, I want your presence. There is nothing more like your presence because your presence is gold and it's going to take me to the top. It's going to elevate me. Lord, I want your presence today. Please, oh God, help me. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Mighty God, I am grateful because of the word you have allowed us to hear today. Father, you have spoken to people today differently. They have seen it differently. They have understood it differently. But Father, in each way you have spoken to them, I pray that you help the word bear fruit and that you would strengthen them in the way in which you are asking them to go in. Father, thank you that nobody can catch us when you are with us. May your name be praised. May your name be glorified in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless you, child of God. I'm going to see you soon. Take care. I hope the Lord spoke to you in that word. I hope you felt that God inspired you to get closer to him. I hope you felt like you want to have his presence in your life. And if you want to do that, we're here to help you. Perhaps you like Bible study. Perhaps you like a special prayer. Our hotline number is there to serve you. Please simply send a text, send a call, and we'll be more than happy to get back to you and to assist you in any way that we can. God bless you. And remember, no one can catch you if God is on your side. Take care.